So, so we've been in this series. This is the second week of prayer and fasting. 31 days. How many of y'all still on your fast? Let me see who's members out there didn't raise their hand. How many, let me see, how many of y'all still on the fast? Because we're only in day one. Y'all don't even know what in the world. Ain't none of y'all want no fast. Y'all ain't keeping up. It's day 10. Amen. Somebody say it's real. This fast has been real and it's doing wonders in our lives. I started a series entitled 31 concerning 31 days of prayer and fasting. And again, like I tell you, every Sunday it has worked wonders. It has been a blessing to my life. And somehow, someway, God takes all of the clamor and all of the stuff that blocks our vision, our ear gates, and he says, put some things aside so I can speak to you because you got too much stuff in that conduit that I created for you to hear me and go out and do the work that I've called you to do. We started maybe, I think, February somewhere about concerning freedom. And this first service of 60 Minutes is about freedom and God's people being set free. I want to go over a few things with you, just a recap uh, from last week. And I told you last week that we're going to say goodbye to Egypt, right? I said that. And this week we're going to say goodbye to the wilderness. And we've been studying the the walk, the phase, the wilderness, the experience of the Israelites from Egypt through the wilderness to Canaan, which is the promised land. I've also shared with you that deliverance is not freedom. And I've received many questions concerning that particular topic or phrase, deliverance is not freedom. And I love questions, so if you have questions, please, please, please bring them to me. Uh, we struggle as a people because we don't want to speak out. So in turn, we speak to our neighbor, and our neighbor doesn't know anything what they're talking about. So it turns into gossip, and nobody gets the right answer. So come on, come on. See God's face, and let's get the real truth of what he's trying to say. So deliverance is not freedom. I want you to go with me to the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter. Matthew 4, uh, hospitality is providing Bibles for you don't have a Bible, just take one, own it, read it, meditate, eat it, say eat the scroll. <laughs> uh, if you would, please stand with me for the reading of the word. And while you're standing, while you're finding your place in the book of Matthew, the fourth chapter, uh, to my singles, where's all my singles at? Yeah. Man, we have a sign-up table out in the lobby. Please sign up for our singles conference coming up on August the 26th, I believe. August 26th, and where's all the kingdom couples at? Kingdom couples. Oh, man, I see some of y'all not with your spouse. You ain't making much noise. Where's my kingdom couples at? Even if your spouse is not present, you're still married, amen? Let me, let me go back. Let me go back for a minute. Singles. If, if, uh, just because you have a ring on doesn't mean that you're married. 
Yeah, y'all, y'all like that song that Beyonce had, which I despise it, you know, and put a ring on it. But you can be engaged and stay engaged for the rest of your life. Somebody didn't like that. You're not married until you come to the altar and share in that covenant to give those vows. That makes a marriage. So you're single until you receive the vow. How about that? Yeah. Well, I'm booed up. No, you single. You singled up. You single. What my boo gonna think? You single. You're single. You're still look, 10 years later. Well, I'm with my boo. You still single. Okay, that's enough. That's not that's not. That's for another subject. So to my kingdom couples, sign up out here in the lobby. There's a table set up for couples. Uh, we have a wonderful couple set up out there that's gonna take in the information. Uh, if you can pay today, great. If you can't, it's still great. Still sign up. Same thing with singles. Still sign up. The 26th and the 27th. If you are not a parishioner here, you're still family, make sure you sign up and take part in our Kingdom Couples Conference and singles. Singles on Friday night, the 26th. Couples on the 27th, Saturday morning. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the book. Matthew 4. Matthew 4. It reads, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to, to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. If you are the Son of God. For says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus bade him. Fifth verse says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, mark that right there, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, this is the devil talking, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone Jesus said to him it is written again they battling now you shall not tempt the Lord your God although you're quoting scripture I put that in there again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and he said to him all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me 10 says, then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall serve, you shall serve. Then the devil left him, behold, angels came, angels came, the devil left him, angels came, somebody say angels came, and ministered to him, and ministered to him. Before you take your seats, I want to teach this morning. In this Bible study, this, this Sunday school lesson, life between the waters. Life between the waters. You may take your seats. Life between the waters. You remember last week I said that it's important for you to get your feet wet. That was like the title, maybe the subtitle of last week's message. And it was dealing with the Israelites concerning them coming out of captivity 
Moses delivering them from the oppressor, which was Pharaoh. And because they had been living up under an oppressor, these people had become oppressed people. And Moses delivered them out of Egypt. And in fact, they were eventually released. And now you have oppressed people without an oppressor walking with a deliverer still in the wilderness headed to their destiny. And they struggle now because they are in the wilderness. I have to do a recap every week. They're in the wilderness and they cannot believe that they've come out of this captivity and now they're struggling. They're struggling to do what? They're struggling to, to receive food now because they spent too long in the wilderness. And there was a time where God was providing for them and blessings were falling, right? They were coming down from heaven. He was opening up the windows of heaven. And there came a time where all of these blessings stopped. I mean, the manna stopped falling, right? And they became angry and upset with Moses. And they began to question Moses. And Moses, being the great leader that he was, began to question God. And when he began to question God, it caused him to compromise, watch this, the word of God. And so he began to do things that was not God-ordained as their leader. Why? Just to appease the people. You can write this down. It won't be on the screens. It's okay to lend. Some of you all will appreciate this. It's okay to lend a helping hand, but the challenge is, is getting people to let go. And know anybody like that? You've, you've blessed them so much to the point of, you've blessed them, you've walked with them, you've, you've provided training wheels, right? You've held their back, you've pulled them up, you've carried them along the way. When they were falling, you helped them so they wouldn't touch the ground. And, and, and but some point... There comes a time in everybody's life that God decides to let you go and pedal on your own. There comes a time in your life where God decides to let go of your hand, let go of your back, let go of your neck, everything else. He says, look, it's okay. You've gone through now. Now I'm about to take the training wheels off. And that's what happened with the children of Israel. They were in the wilderness and God says, you know what? I'm going to take the training wheels off because now you've been delivered, right? I need for you to be free in your minds. Now I need for you to walk and work this thing out. In other words, work out your own salvation. Now I want to put a recap here because I've said that many times and I think there's a misunderstanding or a misconception, if you will. There is no salvation in the Old Testament. That's only a prototype of salvation in the Old Testament. I shared with you last week and the week before that, that uh, deliverance coming from Egypt to, to, to the wilderness into Canaan is like a phase. And so the New Testament, Jesus comes and he takes all of that, Moses, Joshua, watch this, and Caleb, Egypt, wilderness, and Canaan, Jesus comes and he's truly an example, a depiction, a picture of everything that had taken place in the Old Testament. In fact, what God is saying in the Old Testament after the fall, every event, just hold on, I'm coming. Just hold on, I'm coming. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Read the text, I'm coming, I'm coming. So 
God is doing an awesome work, and the people now are still stuck in the wilderness because of their attitudes, because they had not been receiving what they were receiving before. And so salvation, when I'm talking about it, is, is really given a great example here in the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, beginning at the eighth verse. It declares, for it is by the grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is what? The gift of God, not by works. Don't take what I'm teaching out of context so that no one can boast. What's happening here is that in this storyline, God is saying it's time for my people to report for duty. In other words, when you get saved and when you're a babe in Christ, you know, it don't go through a lot of things. You know why? Because God is completely covering you. In actuality, he's carrying you. You know how? Because he places people in your life that kind of, you know, help you along the way. They help you walk. They help you change your language. And right, and God has provided a comforter for us to teach us. His name is called Holy Ghost. Okay, y'all ain't from that church. Holy Spirit, let me break it down right there, right? He's the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes to lead and guide me. He also intercedes for me. He provides comfort. He gives me peace, right? And so he's with me. However, there comes a time, I like this, because the Holy Spirit will make you do nothing. The Holy Spirit will act as your guidance, your leadership, and you have to make a decision to live for God or not. Hmm. This is good stuff. So you cannot win, watch this, God's favor or his grace is already given. But what you have to do is learn how to walk in the grace and favor of God and be obedient. You don't have enough money to win his grace because he's already paid the price. Hmm. In Egypt, you were oppressed. Watch this. In the wilderness, you were miraculously blessed. But once you get to Canaan, it's time to grow up, to show up for duty, and serve. Watch this. Egypt is forced labor. But Canaan is self-initiated work, watch this, by choice. <laughs> Egypt is punishment. Canaan is discipline. Egypt is pressure, but Canaan is responsibility. Egypt is wake up, eat, sleep, drink, talk, work. Canaan is you got to work it out. I'm going to show you in a minute. I'm going to show you in a minute. Life between the waters. I'm going to show you a parallel, if time will allow, and it will. I'm going to show you a parallel from the Old Testament to the walk with Jesus. In fact, I've already given it to you if you know what the text is in Matthew 4. I'm not going to get there yet. There is a, a, a true identical parallel between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament, everything was like natural. In the New Testament, Jesus did the natural, and then the supernatural happened. But something had to take place. Man, I feel him in here. Something had to take place in order, watch this, for the man of God to operate in the son of God. 
Oh, man, I don't want to get there yet. That's second service. That's second service. And so the first, watch this, the first body of water they encountered was what? The Red Sea. They crossed it and entered into the wilderness. And then they wandered in the desert until, watch this, every Hebrew slave or Hebrew slave with the mentality of slavery was dead and gone. You remember I shared that two weeks ago? Ahead of them was the second body of water. That second body of water is called the Jordan River. I have the Red Sea, and now I have the wilderness, and now the Jordan River. Preparation for freedom must take place in between the two bodies of water. What's in between the two bodies of water? It's called wilderness. And you know we hate wilderness because in the wilderness there comes a time where I have to go to and it feels like that I've been impoverished. Everybody in here can identify as saved folk, Christians. There came a time in your life, you know, you were feeling so good, you were just, and blessings would just come. Just, Lord, I need a car today. I go to the car like, boom, do it. Let's do it. God bless me with the house. Bam, let's do it. Let's do it. Boom, it happened for you. And, you know, it was like miracles. But there did and there is or there will be a time where you profess it, profess it and proclaim it. There will come a time where you speak it into the atmosphere because the preacher told you to and nothing happens. <laughs> There's come a time where your marriage is going through and you're going to say, you know what? We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to fast. We need to lay on our face. And you're going to do it for 10 days and nothing's going to happen. Y'all missed it. The day is the what? And so there's going to come a time where you're praying, you're fasting, you're turning down your plate, you're turning down some things, you're fasting from some things you love, and guess what? Nothing is going to change. God says, I've got you in training. You're in the wilderness. I need for you to turn down some things so that you can suffer in the flesh because you have to crucify your flesh before my spirit can truly operate in you. In other words, your flesh has become so fat that my spirit cannot be seen. Woo! That's another for your marketing team, right? Right? Your flesh has become so, uh, uh, you've boasted so much in your flesh that my spirit cannot be made known. I mean, I must be glorified and the only way to please me is to operate in your faith. <sighs> Jordan. Wilderness, working backwards, Red Sea. Red Sea, wilderness, the Jordan. There is no salvation, I told you, in a literal sense, in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we have somebody by the name of Jesus. Not just Jesus, but Jesus the Christ. Oh, I want to preach that so bad. Y'all come back at 1030. You come back at 1030. In the life of Jesus, Jesus' life shows that he crossed through the Jordan, watch this, in baptism, went out to the wilderness, watch this, for testing, I just read it, and then returned in the power of God's spirit to lead us into the promised land. You just missed it. I'm done. I said, Jesus was 
baptized in the Jordan only to come up and receive power to be led in the wilderness only to take us into the promised land. I just gave the whole Old Testament. Were you paying attention? I gave it to you like in like, like, like 15 seconds. How was that so, Pastor? Well, Jesus is the great ultimate example. Jesus is mankind's example. Watch this. Of the responsibility of what we would call freedom living. I'm going to need my glass of second service. It's getting a little small on me. As a man, watch this. As a man, as a man, as a man, as a man in flesh, as a man in flesh, he walked the earth, watch this, with the same needs as any of us. Oh, y'all know the text. He was born in bondage, so was you, to human subjection. He was born under Caesar's domination and oppressed by the Romans. He grew up under that oppression, watch this, Egypt, Israelites, in wisdom and favor with God. As an example, Jesus developed himself intellectually in the what? In the local church. That's why it's important for you to come and get a word that you don't stay sitting at home on the couch watching TV evangelists share nothing with you so that you can go and send your money to get a prayer cloth. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Ah, ain't no power in no prayer cloth. Give me Jesus. Okay, that's enough. Let's settle down. It's, 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 just, it's just first service. First service. Uh, I got to excuse my filament here. Come on. And so, and so, at the age of 30, Jesus was ready, watch this, to enter his ministry, short ministry, but at 30, he was ready to enter his ministry. To enter it, he went to the first river, the first river, the Jordan River, watch this, to be baptized by a man named John. A human being, a man, baptized Jesus, the son of man, watch this, to operate in the son of God. I'm going to keep going there. Oh, that's another text. Oh, that's something I want to preach on. You got to come to 1030. Huh. He says, he, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized with John, but John tried to theater him watch this john says i need to be baptized watch this saying by you and do you come to me jesus replied let it be so now it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness and john obeyed and consented to baptize jesus because Jesus said, this is necessary. This is a part of the process. I've got to show you what the Israelites struggle with. How's oh, the struggle? Watch this. Watch this. Jesus knew that he had to go through water like everybody else. So he went to the place where John was. And when he arrived, John asked to be baptized also by him. But Jesus directed, watch this, the prophet. The Bible says the prophet. John is mentioned in the last part of the Old Testament. The prophet. 
He was baptized by the prophet. When he arrived, John asked him to be baptized, and Jesus directed the prophet to fulfill all righteousness. And when Jesus came out of the water, he received the Holy Spirit, and the Bible says that God thundered over his head. He says, watch this, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. He now says, this is my son. After he's gone through the body of water. Am I talking to anybody? He now says, this is my son. I want you to notice that he says it in verse 17. This is my son whom I love, who I am well pleased. I want you to notice where Jesus went next. I want you to notice, where did he go? When the Holy Spirit filled him, he wasn't led directly into the work of ministry. Where was he led? The Bible says that he was led directly into the wilderness. Who took him into the wilderness? The Holy Spirit who was working in him led him into the wilderness. Why is it that we struggle in our wilderness experience? Because, because God is saying, I need to train you for your destiny. I need to get your mind right because you've been living too long in sin. You're still oppressed. You're still down. You're still ashamed of who you are. You still struggle with all those things, all those names they called you. You are the son of the living God. You are righteousness. You are the breastplate of. You are faithfulness. Come on, I gotta teach. I gotta teach. I gotta teach. I want to give you a little bit. I gotta teach. I gotta teach. Somebody say, I got my wind back. I got my wind back. Watch this. Bible says the spirit didn't take him directly into the promised land. That's why I don't know why when people get saved that the church tells them that, baby, everything's going to be all right. You ain't going to get nothing but blessings now. Now he can open up the windows of heaven. Listen, they lying to you. Because when you get saved, it's part of the process. Whoa, for you walk into the desert, into the wilderness. Okay. Man, this is good, Pastor. Y'all recording this. I got to go back and watch it. Listen, listen, listen. Listen. Jesus the Bible says, was led into the wilderness. Watch this. Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. God uses the temptation of the devil for testing to qualify you for your next promotion. You heard that before. Just as Israel's deliverer by the name of Moses led the Israelites to the wilderness for testing and training Jesus was confronted, I'm talking about your story now, Jesus was confronted by the devil in the hot, burning, blazing sun in the desert sands. And the Bible teaches that Jesus won this battle. I mean, we have the victory in Jesus. Well, Pastor, if we have the victory in Jesus, then why is it that we have to go through so much hell and high water if Jesus already won the battle? Because it's not just about you going to heaven. But it's about you living in peace that surpasses all understanding on earth. Baby, this is kingdom right here. This is kingdom. Ooh, I got a few more minutes. Ah, Satina, I ain't even got to my test yet, Tina. I ain't got that yet. What's this? Oh, let me move on. 
I told you last week there's new desire, new destiny, right? We're in the Canaan phase. I want to talk to you about the three tests. Somebody say three tests. Three tests. There's three stages that you must go through. There are three stages that you must go through. Number one is there's a test or a testing for appetite. <laughs> We're talking about Matthew 4. There's a test or a testing for appetite. Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted or tested by the devil. Watch this. To be tempted by the devil, just as Israel's deliverer, Moses, led the Israelites to wilderness for testing and training. Jesus was confronted by the devil. The Bible teaches and shows us that Jesus won that battle. They go back and forth with scripture. The devil quoting scripture. The devil quoting scripture to Jesus. You know who the devil was talking to? The devil was talking to the son of man. <laughs> he says, I'm going to take you to the pinnacle, which is the highest part of the mountain, and I'm going to show you all the kingdoms. Why would he show the son of God all of the kingdoms? Because the son of man was walking in total, complete flesh. He has to show us how to do this thing. So he says, look, I'm going to show you all the kingdoms. Do this, and Jesus come back and says, you know, so and so and so on. Look, you, do you know who I am? Do you know who the Father that I serve? He says, well, I'm paraphrasing. If you're so good, and if your God, if, if your daddy is so good, then why don't you just throw yourself down? In fact, watch this. The first test, he, he tests him for his appetite. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, in the confrontation, watch this. The devil tempts him with what? With bread. What did the text say? The text said that the devil told him he will turn these, told him to turn the stones into bread. You know why? Because Jesus was hungry. In the wilderness phase, in training, God does it specifically to develop your maturity and your character and to gather your self-discipline and your integrity. Everyone must pass three tests that are common to all mankind. I told you, well, there's a test for your appetite. There's a test for motive, pride, and fame. I came down your road, didn't I? And there's a test for greed and power. I, said, I told you in the Bible said a long time ago, there are three things that will take you out of your misery in this life that will shut you down. There's power, there's money, and there's sex. Any of the three will take your life, take your position, snatch your calling from you, right? Any of the three. So you got to check yourself and see which one you're being tested in right now. But the deal is that you will be tested in all three. Most of us been there, right? Amen. You just didn't know it. Most of us, some of us, some of us in here, not most of us, have fallen at one of the three. We failed the test. But aren't you glad that God has grace and mercy to pick you back up again and provide you and put you back in the game so that you can be tested again and again and again until you can prove that you can operate in your Canaan out of responsibility? Ah, man. The three categories of tests. Watch this. Look at this test that's given. The test of appetite. The Bible says the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, remember Jesus called him the son of God? I mean, God called him the son of God after he was baptized and the Holy Spirit fell upon him and dwelled in him. He says, tell these stones to become bread. 
That's in Matthew 4 and 3. Why? Because he was tempting him, right, concerning his self-gratification. You know how hard it is to go without bread? I'm talking about food now. You see, see bread, we look at it as an extra now, right? But I'm talking about in the Bible days, you know, bread was bread, like steak. Bread, two fish, five loaves. Come on. He says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Self-gratification. And it dealt with our three basic appetites, food, drink, and sex. It's a struggle. How many of y'all fasting from no food, no drink? Don't. Don't answer, right? But no food, no drink, no sex. Talk to me. All right, all right, all right. All right. Nobody is truly free until he or she has been disciplined from all of these areas. I told you this last week that some, some couples and some people need to fast from S-E-X. I didn't know they were in the building. I can still talk because it's real because when they go to school, they talk about sex education. So it's okay, parents, right? If, if you, you need to fast from that because you say, well, well, Pastor, I'm married. Yeah, but if that thing has become over him and above him, then you need to turn it down. <laughs> I don't know about that, Pastor. It's in the text. Turn that down. Okay. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's point this out real quick. This was also the first area of testing for Israel in the wilderness. This is the first area of testing for the children of Israel. They begin to cry out for food. Food. Now be careful because it, it, it brings it on and it will be like self-gratification. Right? Because I'll get this, I'll be okay. Oh, I'm hungry, I'm fasting, I'm seeking God's face, I need to eat. God, I need an answer, but I need to eat. You don't hear my prayers, I need you to hear my prayers, but I need to eat. God says, look, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make the food your God, the belly of God's, or you're going to make me God? What you going to do? What you going to do? <laughs> it's a struggle. They begin to cry out for food. Watch this. They quickly forgot about the miracle of the plagues and the Red Sea and concentrated on the self on their own self-fulfillment. Doesn't it sound like the church? I got to work, Pastor. I got to feed my family. I got to do this. I got to do that. You really? You're too busy for God to even do anything in your life. And before God does anything, you're too busy for him to speak into your life. God is speaking and food, blocking it, blocking it. God is speaking sex, is blocking it. God is speaking drinking, is blocking it. God is speaking smoking, is blocking it. God is speaking and work, is blocking it. Oh, God is speaking and, and church is blocking it. Teach, pastor. God is, God is speaking. He's trying to get his point across. And you think just because you work good enough and hard enough that it's going to happen for you. No, you got to turn down some things sometimes. You got to get away from man sometimes. You got to get away from your spouse sometimes. Ooh, y'all won't say that in front of her or him. Watch this. Huh? Somebody say, I'll be the first pastor. When can I start? When can I start? All right, all right. Don't you raise your hand. The entire Israelite community, watch this, set out from this place and came to the desert of what? Of sin. What is sin? Sin is total rebellion against God. Y'all want to categorize sin? 
oh, you're smoking, you're drinking, uh, pornography. The first thing is, is you being rebellious against God. God can deal with all that other stuff. God can deal with your matters in the closet if you would just be obedient. And when God says, don't go in the closet, and you go in the way, you're totally rebelling against God. See, the devil got your mind twisted. Because you think that... Just because you don't go in the closet tonight, <laughs> that you're going to be okay. But God is saying, when you're not going to go in the closet, to be totally obedient to me, you got to turn it down and seek me in the time being. You can't not go in the closet and go into the club. You can't not go in the closet and still call your boo. You cannot go in the closet and still tend to the matters of life. You got to shut it down and give it totally unto God. And God, whatever you're trying to tell me, wherever you're trying to send me, send me, I'll go. And watch this. God has such a sense of humor because God would give you direction and send you right through the desert. Right? And that call that you was going to make, you had to walk right past and that food you turn down, you got to walk right past it. And everything you're trying to turn down, you got to have a meeting in the midst of all that stuff. And God says, I got to test your flesh because that's what's killing you. You got to crucify that thing. So I'm going to give you a little and then I'm going to take it away. What's given, I'm going to let you see it and then I'm going to take it away. I'm going to let you see it because I got to take you through a test. You ever had something taken from you and the next thing you know, you see it over there? Oh, God, you're going to take this from me, and then you're going to show it to me? That's right, because I got to deal with your flesh. I deal with your flesh. You're going to shatter, right? The devil came in and shattered your, your marriage, and all of a sudden, they're going to show up with a great, beautiful, nice marriage. God, you're really going to do that to me? I'm going through hell right now, and you're going to tell pastor to plan a marriage conference? I don't want to hear about no marriage conference. I want to go and do my own thing. God says, no, you need some training so you can go back and pray for your spouse. You need some training so you can go back and lay hands on your spouse. Embrace your spouse. Hug your spouse. Greet your spouse. Move your spouse. Ah, okay, I got to go. I got guests in the building. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here we go. Watch it. I'm closing right here. I got to close. I got to go. Number two, number two, the test for motive. The test for motive, pride, and fame. Watch this. The devil, the devil knew, the devil knew, he knew that he was really the son of God. How did the devil know, Pastor? Because the devil lived with God the Father. And so, when God sent his son, the devil said, oh, I'm in a mess right now, so I need to kill the son of man. Just so the people of God won't begin to operate in the power of God in their rightful authority. He says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. Let them have dominion over their finances. Let them have dominion over their marriage. Let over their careers let them have dominion over their life the devil knows if you ever 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 realize the power that you have working through your authority he knows that he can't do anything to shut you down 
I feel like preaching. He's a test for motive and pride and fame. Jesus could have totally won the battle right there. Oh, you're talking about my daddy? I'm the son of the living God. Jesus could have just thrashed Satan right there. But you know what? He says, watch this. This isn't about me. He says, this isn't about me. This is about God's people not just being delivered, but being set free. I've got to go through this process so I can be a living example for you to pick up your cross and carry your cross. No matter the pain, no matter the struggle, carry your cross. As a fame, as a fame. Jesus knew that if I do this, then the fame's going to go across the land. Don't you know that Jesus could have done any miracle that he wanted to be and wanted to do? But right, he couldn't. He didn't want the fame. He didn't want to be on the TV screen. He didn't want to be first in line. He didn't want to be on the roll. He didn't want the title. He said, I got to show the people how to humble themselves and seek my daddy's face, pray, and then he can heal the land. I said, watch it, watch it. Pride. Pride. Woo! The devil attests you for pride because he's saying, you know what? Your flesh is going to get the best of you because if you don't have the spirit of God and if you're not living in the spirit, your flesh will defeat you. Your flesh will win the battle. Your flesh. Come on, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Hi, it's 9.02. It's three minutes early. It's 9.02. I got one more minute. Come on. Come on. Come on. He says, he says, he says, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at. I'm in, I'm in chapter four. Come on. Talk to me, Holy Ghost. Uh, motive, motive. The third thing is, the third thing is, that's a test for greed and power. Somebody say greed and power. We may as well stay on the run on to the next service. That's a test for greed and power. I'm sorry, deacons. I'm just kidding. That's a test for greed and power. Somebody say greed and power. Greed and power. How is that possible, pastor? Again, the devil took him to the very highest mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and its splendor. Isn't it beautiful? All this I will give to you, he said, if you would bow down and worship me. I like Jesus' response because Jesus is a bad boy. He says, listen to me, Satan. He said to him, away from me, Satan. Speak with authority. He says, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I won't worship the fame. I won't worship the pride. I won't worship the food. I won't worship the, the drink. I won't worship the church. I won't worship the pastor just to get position. I won't worship anything but God the Father. You are Lord over my life. I will worship you in spirit and in truth. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. When, when man 
is set free from the need of power, he now then is qualified to operate in his authority. Give God a hand in this place. Satan tried to trap the Son of God, the sacrifice, watch this, concerning Jesus' integrity and his character for power. The Israelite community failed this test. Jesus said, I'm going to show you how to do it in the midst of Satan in the wilderness. Because they could not, watch this, submit to authority or understand it, they rebelled, they sinned against God authority and therefore were not qualified to possess destiny they weren't qualified to walk in the promised land I know I told you 60 minutes just give me three more minutes to make it 65 they weren't qualified to walk in their destiny Woo! okay I'm really done this is my fifth closing I'm done for real Okay, here we go. Jesus passed all three tests. I got to finish this next week. Watch this. He passed all three tests in 40 days. Okay. Why Jesus three tests in 40 days? Because there was one test for each year, Israel spent failing their wilderness test. Three years. 430 years of captivity, slavery mindset. Three years of wandering in the wilderness. A 40 days journey, and you're in the wilderness for three years. Somebody talk to me. Are we there? Is that where we at as a, as a church, as a people? Are we wandering, trampling over? We can see destiny, but self-gratification has blinded what we saw, right? And now my mentality is I don't even want to pursue this that's already laid up for me. Take me back to Egypt where they were feeding me. I wasn't getting skinny. I was fat. I was working every day. I was talking amongst my friends. Well, maybe that's the problem. You're trying to take your oppressed ways and take them into the modern day church into the 21st century. And Jesus said, I've set you free from that stuff. I've set you ablaze. You should be speaking now, walking now, giving power and authority. Walk in your destiny. Walk in your destiny. Let them people stay in the past. Let your friends stay in the past. You thought it was your enemies. They're really your friends. They're really your family members. They're really the people who started with you. Let them stay in the past. Give God praise. Who's on duty today? Who's this? 
What's Deacon? Who's on duty? Yes. Who's on duty today? Come, come, come. Who's on duty today? Come, come, come. Y'all ain't moving fast enough. Ooh, you better come, 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 come. Yes. Stand up and give God praise. Stand up and give God praise. Give God praise. Come, come. Pick him up, bring him up here. Listen, listen, come, come, Deacon, come on, stand behind the podium. Listen, God wants his people set free. He doesn't want you to come to church every day to read a Bible story. He wants you to come and get a word, right? And at first it sounds like information, but when he really gets into your situation, because you've been through temptation, it turns into a testimony. Now it's no longer information. It becomes revelation. And when God can reveal some things to you, that's when it's revelation. Walk in your destiny. Walk in love. So grow and produce. Closes out this.